okay, what do you do when you're right out of prison and you want to partner with other people in business, but they say no because of your past or what you look like? Well, today's guest started a podcast. He monetized it and created his own six-figure business. Now he's highly sought after for his business knowledge and his talents. Come on, let's do a background check on Zach from Underdog Empowerment. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is J. Dan Gum, and this is is background check you already know let's go you can check my background i'm a forgiving felon so tell them that i won't back down now you can bet i won't live in regret it's time to earn some respect you are tuning in to background check hey everyone welcome to background check podcast as always brought to you by forgiven felons helping people with the past realize their future you know what we do at forgiven felons is we help men coming out of prison get back on their feet by providing the practical, physical, and spiritual tools they need to successfully reenter society and become a productive citizen. If you want more info on Forgiven Felons, please visit us on the web at forgivenfelons.org. Uh, if you have a loved one that needs a transitional house coming out of prison, there's also an application packet there on the house page. And if you missed us on the Huckabee Show, you can catch us on the website as well. And finally, if you've never seen the documentary, you can watch it on Roku TV or Tubi TV for free. All right, so uh, as you know by now, if you've heard other episodes, which you can listen to on Apple Podcast, and if you do, please leave us a uh, review and a rating. But Background Check Podcast is all about sharing motivation, inspiration, and information with anyone whose life has been impacted by incarceration. Sometimes I'll uh, do a solo episode, talk about a specific topic, and some of the time I'll have guests on that have great comeback stories. And occasionally we'll just have guests that have information like parole lawyers and reentry programs that are beneficial to individuals and families who've been impacted by incarceration. And sometimes we'll just have motivational guests on. But today, today's guest, Zachary Babcock from Underdog Empowerment, is one of those who kind of fits that, that slogan where uh, you, your background shouldn't hold you back, it should pay you back. And today is, um, that's actually what he's doing. He's used all the pain he's gone through, including going back to prison 20 days before his twins were born. His sister dying from an overdose while he was still locked up. All that to motivate him to become the best version of himself. He teaches Alpha Entrepreneurs how to level up. And he even has a podcast course, which I took, that shows you how to maximize your gifts and talents to achieve the results you're looking for. He's interviewed some crazy awesome people like uh, motivational speaker Les Brown, um, Ugg Boots CEO Brian Smith, Netflix co-founder Mark Randolph, and many more. He's taught me so many things regarding podcasting, and he's so relational that he sat at a restaurant while in Dallas and let people come meet him. And I was one of those guys that got to meet him. It's an honor to sit with him today. Let's get to it. Zach, welcome to Background Check. Dude, Jay, I'm really excited about being here today. Uh, you, you already know why. Well, I guess we'll get into it, but thank you for having me, man. Well, let me just say right now, um, people, when people ask, you know, 
how I got to where I am now, even in my life, but even just doing this podcast, I say, I'm here by the grace of God, mama's prayers and Zach Babcock's podcast courts. So <laughs> I tell you, that's a lot. That's some big shoes to fill. You put me on the spot right there, man. So, uh, you know, like I was telling you earlier, man, I just, um, I just, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to do this had I not seen somebody that I could relate to, uh, that's come out of the same, some of the same things I've come out of, uh, doing it. So, uh, thank you for doing it. Thank you for having the, the balls to do it, uh, back almost a little over two years ago. Um, and so just for my listeners, man, um, Tell everybody who you are and, and why you call it underdog empowerment. What is underdog empowerment? And just let's just spend a few minutes f- figuring out, you know, talking about what it is, what, why, and all that. Dude, I love that question, who, 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 who you are. Um, you know, in, in like the entrepreneurial space or whatnot, or everybody says like, oh, you got to start with why. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's cool. It's probably the most, this the third thing and it's not, it's, it's important, but it's not as important as who, who you are. That's right, what you start right, with. Right. And who you are changes at any given moment, man. And, yeah, it and does. So who I am, man, is I'm a winner. You know, I just like, I love winning and, and I love doing the, doing good. I'm not a perfect person. I still do a lot of, can you cuss on your podcast? Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Feel free. Be yourself. Don't try to change for me. Uh, if I, I, I'll put the E up if I need to. And if people want to listen, they can. Okay. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you be you, you be you, bro. Right on. Um, no, I, I, I do a lot of uh, bad shit all the yeah. time. We all do. Anybody acts like they don't, I don't, yeah. I don't trust you. <laughs> uh, but I try to do good. I try to do as much good as I can do, and I have good intentions. And, I, and, I, and I'm quick to call myself out on my own shit and, yeah. and, and, and whatnot. So, anyways, I just, uh, I'm on a mission, man. And, and, you know, me and you are really connected in a lot of ways with our, our mission overall. You know, I'm building something with, with my podcasting right now, which I'm super passionate about that's going to lead into the other stuff as far as uh, recidivism rates go. But man, I just, uh, you know, a lot of it played into it. I, I did over five years of my life in prison, got out, been out for almost six years now, built a thriving six figure business that we're scaling now. And, uh, man, you know, you, you know, you're going to have to change that, that, you know, that little description pretty yeah. soon, right? Yeah. You got to change it everywhere. It. Seven, seven figure, bro. I'm, I believe it for <laughs> you, man. I, I don't know how close you are, but I, I just see it soon. So, Go ahead. Right yeah. So tell us about underdog empowerment and why you consider yourself, you know, that, that underdog. Bro, I started underdog empowerment because I had been out for, uh, been out of prison about three and a half years at the time when I started it back in April of 18. And, um, anytime that I tried to collaborate with any entrepreneur, nobody took me seriously. I was the ex convict turned entrepreneur afterthought that nobody gave the time of day to. And I was fucking pissed too. Cause I was like, dude, what do you mean? I'm, I'm about that life. I'm going to, if I say I'm gonna go do it, I'm gonna do it, man. And you don't right. think that you don't think I'm, I, I, then I'm going to, so I, it was out of pain and frustration of that. The reason why I launched the podcast for selfish reasons, first and foremost, to fill up my own cup before I fill right. others. Right. And then also to empower other underdog entrepreneurs. Um, so, so what you're telling me is that when you got out of prison, people doing a background check on you kind of, uh, in their eyes, kept them from work, wanting to work with you. Yeah. Um, because that's the reason we started this background check podcast because the background check, man, it keeps people's eyes closed from seeing the real people that, that want to work with them. And then it also holds really good people back. But what I like about you is that you didn't let the, you didn't let it pay you back. 
You know, like yeah. my podcast intro says, your background shouldn't hold you back. It should, it should pay, pay you back. You back. And, yeah. and it's paying you back right now. Um, but what, what are some other ones outside of just business that people not wanting to work with you, invest in you? What are some other challenges that you faced uh, because of your background when you got out of prison? Yeah, so many. And, and, and right before I answer that, that's what I love about what you're doing with your show, man, because that's what it's all about. That's the same thing, even though it's a different name, Underdog Empowerment, the same concept, turning your pain into power, turning your adversity, turning your so-called weakness into a strength, right, into, right. Your, your perceived disadvantage into your advantage. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I went to prison, bro. That's, I, dude, everybody that's been to prison that's listens right now, you already know what's up. You have a strength of character, yeah, a resilience, yeah, a, yeah. a set of confidence that's, not, that's unmatched by people that haven't went through some of the stuff that we've went through. And, and, and that's a blessing, man. It's a literally, and, and that's, that's what I had to do, man. I had to shift that, that mindset. And, and some of the challenges I face, man, well, coming on, I'm pretty sure a lot of people can resonate. I came out. I went, I went back to prison. I did four years flat on a seven year sentence, got out for about two years. Um, and I was working at bar and grill 46 hours a week was the best worker there. Cause I really appreciated you know, having the opportunity, right, right. got a job somewhere else at a clothing store and retail and stuff. That I love got promoted. They found out I was convicted felon fired me instead of keeping my chin up. I spiraled and became an alcoholic and I went back to prison for DWI violation just 20 days before my twin boys were born. Jay, that was it that literally in Ferguson jail waiting on St. Louis County to come pick me up so I can go back to prison anywhere from six months set back to the year and a half that I had left on my parole. Didn't know how long I was going to be gone, but I just knew I was, I wasn't going to be home in 20 days when my twin sons were born. Yeah. That was the game change in that moment, dude, the worst I've ever felt in my life, like that pit in your stomach, like yeah. sick. Right. And I was like, man, everything wrong in my life is my fault. Everything right in my life is my fault from here on out, extreme ownership. And, uh, and came out, dude, and I couldn't, couldn't get a job anywhere to support my, my family. And, and, and that was a blessing, dude. Because yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it propelled you into what you are now. So when you were in prison, did you do anything? You know, because I mean, I mean in, in prisons in Texas, you know, they have a thing called the day room where everybody just sits, sits around and watches TV if that's what you want to do. But then there's the rec yard, go out there and work out. There's Play handball. Library, handball, exactly. There's a library. There's other classes. What did you do in prison that prepared you for when you got out? You know what, bro? It, it, I didn't even know about self-help books or personal development in prison or else I would have been all over it. At the time, I didn't read. I got lucky and came across this book right here. It sits on my desk. Uh, I know everybody listening to the podcast can't can't see it, but for the ones that are watching, but it's the the Forty Eight Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And you already know his books are banned in prison. Yes, yes, yes. And we had a copy, and I and I was like, oh, it's banned in here. I want to read it because <laughs> <laughs> we always Stop. want what we're not supposed to have. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I read it, and I was mind blown. And I've always gravitated towards like marketing and, and human behavior psychology stuff. I just didn't really know that that was my my jam for real. But um. That was like the only thing that I read, but how I prepared, here's, here's, here's how I prepared. When I was in prison that last time in, in, uh, missed out on my twin son's birth, uh, the Michael Brown situation happened in Ferguson. I'm born, not born and raised, but I grew up in Ferguson since I was seven years old. 
And um, it happened while I was in prison. It happened while I was in the hole in prison for something I wouldn't even, that I didn't even do, but I got put in the hole. But, uh, but I got out and everybody's like, your city's on fire. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And then, you know, popped it on the news. I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, wow. what the hell? You know? And um, so now my, your family lived there, right? Yeah. I, so dude, what I got, were you I got, thinking while you're in prison and your family... Dated, Dated, wow. uh, not everybody can't see, but Dayton yeah. Airport is uh, yeah. tattooed on me. It's where I grew so up. You're, so you're in prison because, I mean, we, I run into this all the time, man. Guys are in prison and some kind of crisis is happening to their family on the outside, you know, and, and, and it may not have happened to your, to your family directly, but it was happening in the city they lived in. What was going through your mind at that point? I was just hoping that, that my family was okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like praying for them and uh, was like, wow. And then. And, and and you know how the media is. Yeah, it, yeah. Like I grew up there. It's not it, Ferguson is not an Afghanistan war zone. It, right. It's actually a good community. It's not. It's not. It, it's it's a um, lower mid class community, but it, there's good people in Ferguson. Right. You know what I'm saying? Great people. Like your um, mom. Yeah. Exactly. And like like tons of other people. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was just worried about that. But my my plan was, bro, is like. All right, I got fired from a job because I kicked ass for them, and then I had a felony record. So I knew I, new corporate America was not the route for me. I was like, I'm gonna have to start my own business, which it's something I've been doing throughout my entire life. In grade school, I used to sell Pokemon cards and baseball cards. All like I've always been hustling, <laughs> selling T-shirts. Uh, used to be in a rap group, bro. Like here's wow. the wow, and used to sell uh, tickets for, for our shows and and studio time, all that stuff. But uh. So it's always been, you know, part of my DNA. I just didn't step right. into it fully. Yeah, yeah. But, but my plan, bro, here's the funny thing. I was like, okay, so this shit's going on in in the um, in Ferguson. And it's, and it's really unfortunate what the hell happened. I'm going to make up these T-shirts that say I heart Ferguson on them and these wristbands that say I heart Ferguson on them. And I'm going to go door to door selling them. That's a hell of a business model. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. I never ended up doing it, but that was no, the plan. That's how that I was prepared. Was, that was that was a good plan. And so you you planned more, you know, emotionally, you know, I think more than anything. I mean, because I really didn't know what how I was going to do what I wanted to do when I get out. Like two guys, two guys were mentoring me in prison, and then they got out. Well, within the, within the next year, before I even made parole, they were back in prison. Mm. And one of them went to a bad family environment. The other one went to a bad halfway house, and so that was the moment where I realized there's a need if we're going to, if we're going to tackle this recidivism, there's a need uh, not just for jobs and careers that these guys can start, but, but for a, a great, a, a better landing place when, when they get out of prison, you know, because if you're, if you're trying to quit drugs, alcohol, that whole life, but your family around you that you're paroling to is still all about that. It's going to be tough on you. You can still rise above it and people do just, it's harder. It's harder. Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, so, um, so that was the realization for you that turned everything around having to go in, you said 20 days before your yeah. twins were born. I just can't imagine you, you guys that had did, had did it that way. I mean, I have a, I have a 20 year old son, um, that I've never seen throughout prison because some things happened, you know, that didn't allow me to see them. Um, but then, you know, so I didn't really have that and I didn't have any kids. I wasn't married. So I didn't have any kids going through prison. You guys that have had to go through prison with kids, wife, I mean, 
I admire my hats off to y'all first of all, because that is, I, I don't know that I'd be able to do it, bro. I don't, I mean, how did you, how did you fight off all that stuff? You know, guilt. Did you feel guilty? I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, that eight months that I did when I went back, yeah. felt a hundred times longer than that four years flat oh, that I did I prior. I bet. I bet. Yeah, man. So, all right. Um, why do you, I mean, we know, we know that you didn't let the background hold you back. Cause you know, you look at having a background as being an underdog and underdogs, man, underdogs just kick some butt sometimes, you know, not everybody coming out of prison though, has that emotional, mental, spiritual fortitude to come out, to come out of it like you and, and I. So what would you say to inmates, you know, cause we have transitional houses. What would you say to those guys that are listening that maybe don't feel they feel the weight of the underdog, but they don't feel the power of the underdog? What would you say to them to kind of say, you know, hey, you can do this. No matter what you think, you can do this. That's a really good question. And that's why I know me and you are going to collaborate a lot because of both of what we're building this we're in, and, and we're going to do some amazing, amazing shit. And I don't even like to talk about what I'm going to do. I like to just talk about stuff we've already done, but you know, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do some cool shit. But um, what I would say to those guys, man, is cause you're right. Cause not everybody has that at the time. Sometimes people need to hit a, reach a certain low point before they get to that. Like I did, like you did. Um, and some people never get to that point. They end up right. dying before they ever get there. And it's, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate. And yet, and there's a systemic problem with the, with, with the, uh, the jail system, with the, yeah. our ju- judicial system. I can't say that yeah. right sometimes. So, so how do we tackle that on, on, on a more level? It's like a, another conversation I'd like to get into with you. But for those guys, so it'd be three things, man, that, that you got to start with. Well, actually, I got two tools for you that you can use right out the gate. Nice. Three of, three of them. Three of them, all right? And then one of those tools consists of three things. So this might be a little bit of a long-witted answer. Is no, that, it's is fine. That okay? That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. All right. So number one, this is going to sound cliche, but this is first and foremost because this is where I got my power from. And I'm pretty sure this is where you got your power from too. It, number one, like, dude, when I woke up in that jail cell, you heard me say it earlier. First thing I said, like, everything wrong in my life is my fault. Everything right in my life is my fault. I'm taking complete ownership of everything I'm owning my life from at this point. No more victim mentality. None. Zero. And like that gave me so much power because now you, you might say like, well, I can't control everything that happens in my life. Yeah, you're right. A tornado could come through and tear your house up, kill your family. God forbid that happens. But like that shit could happen and you have yeah. no control over it. Right. And you can end up being miserable at the words and wanting to kill yourself or go out and harm other people and kill them, whatever. Or you can decide to internalize that pain, use it as a source of strength and go out and do some good in the world. Whatever you decide to do, whatever you decide to do, though, that's your choice. So at the end of the day, you are in control of every single circumstance in your life. You can you can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control how you respond. And once you get that part, that's where the power comes from. So that's tool number one. Tool number two ask yourself really good questions. All right, guys. So so I'm going to, this is a super long story made up in like like 10 seconds. I'm going to break it down, but it's a really longer story. But I was in the hole. My sister died from a heroin overdose. My mom found her dead on the floor with a needle in her arm and I was in the hole and, and, and and got called back there. And then they gave me a 30 second phone call to my, to my mom. And then they hung up and then I went back in the hole for the next 60 days. And 
you know, and, and I asked to be put in a cell by myself because I don't want to be put in there with my cellie. And, you know, you know how the hole is. It's already dark, dirty, lonely, depressing, all that good stuff. Yeah. On that third day, you know, all, I didn't get up out of bed to eat. I fucked the food that was coming through three times a day. I, I ate the, I, I went to use the restroom. That was it. And I just sat there and cried and thought about all the mean things I ever said and did to my sister and the goodbye. I'd never get to tell her. Oh. On that third day, though, I woke up and I was like, and I, and I, I'm not a, a super religious person, but I believe in God and whatever you believe in is cool. Yeah. That's not the point of the story, but I asked God, I was like, I don't know why I'm still alive, but there's gotta be a reason. Yeah. What, what can I do right now to find happiness and peace? That question dude led to me developing this crazy OCD routine that, that gave me a peace of mind at the end of it. Cause it got really in touch with, with my spirituality right. and, um, and, 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 and was taking care of myself, man. And, and most of the times when we're in situations like that, we ask the wrong questions. We'll say like, why is this shit always going to happen to me? But that's the wrong question. Cause it gets your brain to search for the wrong answers. Look, when we hear a question, I'm like, Jay, what, what, um, what kind of shirt is that? You, me and everybody listening right now, we're thinking we're searching for that answer. Like what, what kind of shirt does Jay have on right now? Like, so we got to ask what's, what's the next best thing that can bring me one step closer to my goal? And yeah. it's hard to do. And, and, and I'm not, you got to practice. Not, you got to practice. You know, I tell my seven year old, the daughter all the time, when, when she tries something the one time and she's not good at it, she gets so mad and so frustrated. And I said, you all, and she'll say it now to everybody. Uh, when, when she's around somebody else that gets frustrated because they didn't, they're not getting some right. She says, you only, you only get good at what you practice. You know, and so if you want to be able to ask great questions, you gotta, you gotta struggle through asking some bad questions first, but just ask questions, keep asking yourself questions, ask other questions. That is so good, man. That is so, um, you know, and and the thing about it is I don't have it mastered, uh, but I keep trying, you know, I keep trying, you know, I was telling you earlier, you know, uh, sometimes, sometimes fear I don't know if it's fear or just a uh, maybe a doubt or a feeling of inadequacy or whatever it is. Um, I have less of a fear when it involves me speaking because I love to talk. Um, but I was telling you about the book, how I'm trying to write a book about my life and the story and everything. And cause I think it'll help somebody, but man, every time I sit down to write, it's just like, it's just, I don't know what, it, I don't know what happens. And it's, it's different than when I get on a stage somewhere and start talking. Uh, my solo episode, the very beginning one, took me longer than all these other episodes combined because it was almost like I was writing. Even though I was speaking, I'm not talking to somebody. You and I, I could talk to you for an hour, two hours, whatever, and not ever be at a loss for words, not, not know what to, what to ask you next, not know what to answer you with. But, but it's just that, whenever I feel like I'm doing something on my own, then it's like, Oh, is anybody going to give a crap about this? Is anybody going to read it? Anybody going to listen to it? But what you showed me, what you, what I've learned from you is that who cares if you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, don't worry about what anybody else thinks or says, just go for it. And I'm telling you, you remember that, you remember that day you came into uh, town to Dallas and you were doing some interviews here. And I just Facebooked you and said, Hey man, I don't know if you, you know, you're able to disconnect. Let me say hi to you. And then you, you, you started sending out invites to that, to that restaurant you were hanging out at. And I remember, and I was telling you that I'm, I'm trying to do it, but I'm kind of scared. And you're like, well, what are you scared about? What's holding you back? And I said, well, I don't know what equipment to buy. 
And, and you and the other guy just looked at each other, kind of laughed, you know, and just said, well, that's the easy part. <laughs> but for me, it wasn't because for right. me, the easy part is talking. You know, right. I mean, I could talk all day. I mean, you, you already know that, you know, there's some people that just, that just can't get past that. And you've already kind of addressed it. And thank you so much for those two tools. Why, why did you choose podcasting? It kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, I, I had been doing YouTube for over a year at that time, was putting out three videos a week, every single week, never missing it for over a year, almost two years straight, three videos every single week, bam, on the money, all by myself. I didn't have a team at that time and I wasn't really getting any traction. And there was a, quite a few things that went into it. One was the branding. It was, when was Zach? That's number one, that's cheesy for two. <laughs> and for two, it, that brand was about me. It wasn't about a movement that people could get nice. behind. And nice. so I started learning more about, you know, stuff like that, psychology and marketing and, and right. cre uh, creating stuff. That's, that's a, that's a, a, a culture. Then the, 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 the proverbial. So you're, so you're already doing, so you're already doing YouTube. Yep. And, and the, I would say the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, though, because I, I kept on saying, oh, I want to start a podcast, but never got around to it because it takes a little bit more to get a podcast up and running than a YouTube channel just because there's a little bit more extra, you know, you got to submit to all these different like Apple and Spotify and all that stuff. But I, I heard I was in a course and I was going through this course, learning about marketing stuff. And this guy that I was re reading the course from, he was talking about a student and he was like, yeah, he couldn't never get in there if anybody, nobody was taking him seriously. Um, uh, nobody gave him, you know, he was trying to get in there with uh, influential people and nobody gave him a chance. But then he started his podcast and all these opportunities open for him. He was getting right in there with people. And I was like, man, I feel that because no, I can't even, I can't even collaborate with, with entrepreneurs that are, that are in the trenches with me. Yeah. And because nobody's taking me serious because I'm a, a, a ex-convict. I was like, man, I'm doing it. I, I was like, that was, that's all I needed to hear. And I pulled the trigger. A month and a half later, launched a show, and it was just, it, it was game changer after that. How many times did you have to ask Billy Jean that, uh, to come on your show before he said yes? None. <laughs> really? really? So, I'll, and I'll, sh I'll share the screenshots with you. Um, I hit him up. I met him at an event that I was at at this, uh, th this event. I got to talk to him for, for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, okay. But, um, and then I hit him up afterwards and I tried to get him like to do this online summit with me. I didn't even know what the heck I was doing at the time. <laughs> and he, he would open the message, you know, he could leave me on scene. He would open it, but not respond. And rightfully so. Cause I, I didn't have anything of legitimacy. And then I launched a podcast. I got it ranked on day three. As soon as I got it ranked, I hit him up. I'm like, Billy, I just got my podcast ranked. Dude, you're a perfect fit. Can I interview on my show? And he texts me his assistant's email and she, he said, she got my schedule, had him on the next week. That's how wow. crazy it was. Wow. So I in one week, I went from nobody giving me the time of day, the ex-convict turned entrepreneur afterthought, to interviewing celebrities and stuff like that. That was crazy. Man, that it is, blew my mind. Uh, so now tell us what all you do at Underdog Empowerment. It's not just a podcast. Uh, what do you do for others? Dude, all right, so this has been a, a, a quite a learning experience. I love every minute of it because it's – I'm dude – I'm a student of life and always will be. Yeah, I will yeah, never yeah. have all the answers, bro. But underdog empowerment is like a separate thing than podcast penthouse. Podcast penthouse is our company. And right now we're solely focused on that. We're disrupting the podcast industry and we're helping alpha entrepreneurs rough around the edges. We've got these huge visions committed to doing whatever it takes to level up. And when we help them get their message out there with the podcast underdog empowerment though, is the number one resource for alpha male entrepreneurs rough around the edges that are committed to doing whatever it takes to win. And so it's about, and what I look and what I've grown now, because my whole thing with like 
with branding and who I serve. And this could be like a, a good lesson. If you're like, you're looking to get into entrepreneurship or if you're already in entrepreneurship, this seems to be the hardest thing for entrepreneurs to figure out in the beginning. It was for me and it's pretty much everybody that I talk to that's still in that beginner phase that hasn't really broken through yet. They're struggling with this piece right here. And that's getting clear on who they serve and then being able to solve a specific problem for that person. Right. right. Everybody tries to be all things, all people. You can't be that. You gotta, you gotta niche down. You gotta speak to a specific person. And so with branding, and this is real quick, you got like companies like, uh, Amazon, Walmart, McDonald's, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, the biggest brands in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They could be whatever they need to be, dude. And, and they can make a, a, a an imaginary customer avatar and then be the ideal that serves that avatar because they're a company brand. They can morph and be whatever they got to be. Yeah. If we're talking... We're talking about personal branding here, like what we're doing with our podcast or what we're doing with our, our movements that we're creating. We can't just make up this imaginary avatar and then try to be the ideal that serves that avatar if that avatar doesn't align with who we really are as a person because people have high bullshit detectors. Right. So it makes it easy, man. Just get clear on who you are and, and then serve who you were yesterday or who you were just starting out or anywhere in between. Gotcha. All right. So underdog empowerment is is more for entrepreneurs that just want anything and everything uh out of you um to listen to the podcast listen, you know i think you know you get um i get emails from you as well um and then your podcast penthouse is is the business that helps others start their own podcast is that correct yep so so uh, underdog empowerment, the way I, the, the, my one sentence sum up, like how we talk about the what mm -hmm. and be able to yeah, sum yeah. it up and what is it? It's the number one resource for alpha entrepreneurs to level up in their business and life. So it's, it's a resource. So, so that's for anybody. Alpha entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so any alpha entrepreneur and it's really geared. Everything's really geared toward alpha male entrepreneurs. That's who I speak to, yeah. but I have plenty of alpha female yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. My, yeah, you do. Plenty of them. So the podcast penthouse though is just give everybody just a quick thing on that too. Because I mean, I, I, I love listening to underdog empowerment and I love all that, but I'm also a, a student of podcast podcast penthouse, which is why I have a podcast now. So, but if somebody else is interested in starting their podcast and I, and you know, I want to send them to you, obviously before I send them, I want to get the affiliate link from you, but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I got you, <laughs> but you know, I mean, what is podcast penthouse? Yeah, man. The whole mission with Podcast Penthouse, here's who I want to help. And here's what we do. We help alpha entrepreneurs that are really fucking good at what they do. Um, meaning they're not some fake ass expert that are taking pictures in front of rented Lamborghinis promising you something that they right. can't deliver on. We right. help legitimate people that don't have a huge brand, but they're crushing it. More than likely, they're already crushing it in business because they figured that part out. They just haven't figured about how to get their message out right, there. Right, right. And so we help them get their message out there to help get more good karma in the internet marketing space. That's our like ideal person that we serve and we help and we have done for you services for that. Uh, but we also have like the course and group coaching and stuff like that. And we attract a lot of people that are still, you know, in the beginner stage that are figuring out, but they're still not those cheesy motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. You can't be a cheesy. Yeah. I, I refuse to work with a cheesy motherfucker. Yeah. I don't blame you, dude. I don't blame you. They're, they're high maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And exactly high maintenance in, and, and, and I just, man, and here's the deal. I'm not talking shit on the, on people that are promising things that they can't deliver on just to do that. Cause look, I did that and I learned from my mistake, dude, here's what happened, bro. And this is a, I, 
I had launched underdog empowerment blew up right out the gate, but I still hadn't figured out like, how am I going to really make some money? I was making affiliate income, but it wasn't like nothing to write home about 200 to $800 a month, but I hadn't really broke through yet. And so this guy reached out to me, had a program, had 20 million in revenue, a hundred thousand successful uh, graduates from this program. And the program was lead gen, customer acquisition and scaling a business. However, we took that, repurposed it and we were bringing people in with me being like the face of it. And we actually were bringing people in, but I felt like a scumbag, a sleazeball, mm, a yeah. maggot, because yeah. I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here trying to achieve what I'm teaching by teaching it. And it was just ass backwards, dude. So I called myself out on it and said, Hey, I'm going back to the drawing board. It, because it wasn't right because I can't, yeah. you know, it's just not right. And so yeah. that's why I harp on that a lot. Well, what I tell people is if you want to overpromise to get people to listen to you, then you just should get into politics because that's, <laughs> because that's, exactly. that's where it's at, man. I mean, that, that's <laughs> where a simple way to put it. Yeah. It is highly accepted in that field, man, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. You people like you give, everybody coming out of prison hope to say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I look like. You know, some people probably didn't want to go into business with you because of your tattoos. It doesn't matter whether I have tattoos. It doesn't matter whether I've been to prison, but nonetheless, everybody wanted to, everybody that probably denied working with you was because they were doing their little background check in their mind that, you know, <laughs> and so, and that's why we're here is because I, I want to have people on um, that, that have risen above the back, the background check. You know, the background check has opportunities to hold us back so much. You know, my, my mom, when my dad died a year out of prison, uh, my mom just thought that was a good time to, to, to work on her will. And so she listed me as the executor of her will. And the lawyer came back to her and said, you can't list Jade Ann as the executor on your will. She said, why not? And he said, because he's a felon. So even long after I got all my life together, and even when my mom is dying, I can't execute her last wishes because of my past. Is that like um, legally? Like yes, you, yeah. Wow. That's like I can't. Are you kidding a me? Felon, a felon cannot execute a will. So you know. Now he said, "Hey, you want to get around that? Just make his wife the executor, and then that that's way." That's crazy. Bro. So. So background checks, man, I mean, when I bought a house, they did a background check. You know, everywhere you go, jobs. I mean, we got guys in Dallas in, in our program that can't find places to live because of the background check. So, uh, you know, I thank you for coming on, dude, because you have a great story. Uh, you got a great business. I'm glad you, you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm glad I went to prison, but I'm kind of glad you did too. Yeah. I, wish, I wish you Me hadn't, too. but if you hadn't, we may not be having this interview. So I wouldn't change a thing, bro. I'm right there so, with you. Yeah. So I'm going to get all the links from you uh, and we'll post it on the show notes as far as if people want to, um, you know, uh, some alpha entrepreneurs want to sign up with you. Uh, and if Don't somebody wants to start that. a podcast. Don't worry about all that. Dude, the best place, if, if you want to come check out the podcast, Underdog Empowerment's where it's at. Um, if you, uh, I'll just let, put, put a link to that. Yeah, whatever you listen to podcasts on is there, but to make it simple for everybody, make it super simple for you, just go to underdogempowerment.com. That's it. It's right there on the front page. Might have to scroll down a little bit, but it's right there. Perfect. And it's a great website. Um, I'm not there yet, but... Uh, but uh, oh, you will be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, under, that's underdogempowerment.com, and I'll have that link in the show notes. But, uh, but Zach, thank you so much, dude. Thank you. Thank so you, much. brother. Hey, we got to do this again doing. and we bring will. you on my show. 
let's do that. And, uh, you know, and maybe we can talk about, you know, more about justice system and the judicial system and what's right, what's wrong. There is some right with it, but there are also, you know, a bunch of injustices going on. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, dude. Hell yeah, my man. Thank you for having me, bro. All right. See ya. Okay. So the one thing that I've really loved about reaching out to people to come on the show and share their comeback stories is that we aren't all alike. Everyone is at different places in their life, their journey, their faith, and, and it's okay if everyone we talk to doesn't exactly fit the same mold we do. There's always something to learn, something to glean, a seed to sow, a harvest to reap. Connecting with Zach was really an answer to prayer. I was asking God to help us provide a platform for people to share their stories, and he connected me with Zach. I didn't know the first thing about podcasting, but here Zach is just a few years out of prison and he's made a huge dent in the industry. And I've really enjoyed getting to know him. He's a perfect example of not letting uh, no, the word no, stop you from achieving the things you know you were meant to achieve. He never gave up on the things he wanted and believed that he deserved. And now he's helping others achieve their goals. So to wrap it up, one of the things Zach said was so important was taking ownership of your decisions. He said, you can't always control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond to it. I, I say this to our guys at Forgiven Felons all the time. It's not about messing up. We're all going to mess up from time to time. It's how we respond to our mess ups. What we do and say after we mess up determines what direction we head next. Listen, if you want to know more about Zach and Underdog Empowerment, or here's podcast, visit him on um, his website at underdogempowerment.com. You can learn more about, you know, how to, how to take a course from him. You can learn more about uh, the podcast. You can listen to podcast episodes right from his page and you can buy some of his gear as well. We'll have the link in our show notes on the website at forgivenfelons.org forward slash background check. And please, you know, listen, if this episode has touched your heart in some way or another episode has, leave us a review and give us a rating. It really helps us get more exposure. Uh, if, if your company or yourself would like to sponsor one of our episodes or even the whole show, please let us know. You'll get shout outs here and at the beginning of the, of the episode and in our website as well. So thanks so much for listening to this episode of Background Check. Subscribe so you won't miss uh, any of the new episodes that come out each Friday at noon. Share the heck out of it. Refer everyone you know. Let them know about all the great stories on here. And listen, if you're struggling with addiction or, or you're just getting out of prison, Get a hold of us through our website. If you uh, would like to donate to our cause, Forgiven Felons, visit us on the website on the donation page, and we'll see you on the next Background Check. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check podcast brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.